and welcome to yet another episode of that podcast that updates whenever they feel like it during a pandemic. Uh, I'm Captain Dick Sledge, uh, and here with me tonight is Marjorie Steele and Greg Aronica. And through uh, the sheer act of randomness, uh, Greg, you are very excited about what you were drinking. Please do tell. Pardon me while I open this deliciously beautiful, beautiful <laughs> can of beer. Uh, it is, it is called Black is Beautiful. And it is brewed, uh, it was designed by Weathered Souls Brewing out of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, however, it is a charity beer made in collaboration with something to the effect of like 200 other breweries. And this specific can was brewed and canned by Almanac Beer in Alameda, California. All of the proceeds for this beer go to the Know Your Rights campaign. That's Colin Kaepernick's charity. Yeah. So, drink with pride. It is delicious. It's an, a delicious Imperial Stout. I had one last night and I just, oh, God, yes. Just great. Uh, Tastes like justice. Mm, Tastes like justice. Let's hope we get some uh, justice for uh, Kaepernick here. Mm. Uh, Marjorie, what do you have on tap? Oh, on tap? More like... (laughs) Talk about a little uh, purple Girl Scout cookies tonight. You know, it's important to stay medicated at all times during a quarantine. Uh, excuse me. <coughs> it's, it's lit, fam, as the children say. <laughs> I'm also drinking coffee mushroom tea, but you guys already knew that. <laughs> you drinking tea? No. Um, uh, I am drinking another Clown Shoes concoction. This one is called Crunkle Sam 2020. Hmm. Uh, it is an American uh, barley wine ale aged in bourbon barrels. Ooh. It stands Oh, man, at, that sucker's got to be strong. It's 10%, so it's not that bad. Uh, but uh, it has this beautiful caramel color. And, oh. That is good barley ale, or barley wine uh, with a bourbon finish. Kevin, does your wife ever get jealous of the beers that you drink? No, why? Why would she ever? I just, no, I'm, I'm, you, you just, you, you speak with such tenderness towards them. You take such care with them when you pour them, and then their juices get all over your beard. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and <laughs> I am very jealous of those juices, and I keep them to myself. And so uh, she doesn't have... Did you save them for later, you know? A little bit. Taste them a little bit, yeah. Uh, She doesn't have to see this. I know, why would she listen to this (laughs) podcast? Uh, But we actually do talk about things other than the sensual taste of of beer. Um, Greg, you have some uh, news that you are dying to share with us. I don't know if I would say that I'm dying to share this news, Uh, but in the last couple of weeks, you may have realized that a giant game dropped by publisher Naughty Dog and developer Naughty Dog called The Last of Us Part 2. It is the story, the continuation of the story of Joel and Ellie in a zombie-infested future. I think the future is like 2025. So, uh, we've got a bright future ahead of us. Um, 
So, uh, some things happen in the story, and I'm not going to get too heavy into the spoilers here. But some things happened relatively early in the story that caused a large number of people on the internet to be very, very upset. Specifically, with a certain character that does something that they don't like. Now, what has happened after that? Well, these people have gotten so upset that they have been sending death threats to Laura Bailey, the voice actor of the character that does the thing that they don't like. Dude, what is it with gamers? Dude, okay, as a gamer, I'm so frustrated by this I because I understand as an actual breathing human who breathes from his nose and not from his mouth at all times that the things that a voice actor is doing and the things that the people who wrote the story do <laughs> are two completely different fucking things. Mm. And there is a difference between the voice actor and the character. You may not like the character or what the character does, but that does not mean that you can harass any of the people that are involved in the creation of the game. Now, I personally have some issues with this game, um, specifically because narratively it's kind of weak compared to the first game. Uh, again, staying outside of spoilers, it doesn't quite do what it set out to do. Part two of my statement here is I, that I have issues with the game is the way in which it treats, and I'm going to be very careful here because, uh, again, it's very spoilery, there is a character that is trans in the game, and there are, there, is, there are people in the game that make a point to deadname this trans character often, and abuse this trans character often, and if it has not been abundantly clear, I am a huge fan of trans rights. I am a huge proponent and supporter of trans rights. And this is really, really not helpful to the conversation of how we can be inclusive in society and to accept trans people and not make their lives a living hell. Deadnaming is one of the biggest triggers for trans people because it shows that you have a complete and utter lack of understanding of where they're coming from. Now, I'm saying this is a cisgendered white man, of course, but still, it's frustrating to me that in this game, they decide that they're just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, back to the point. The point is that this game has come out. It is one of the biggest games right now. It's getting all kinds of accolades. It does have issues, but we should be able to have conversations about this game and about the the issues within without attacking any of the people that made the game or worked on the game uh, and uh, let's let's give a moment to the writers here um you can write something that is offensive knowing that it's going to be offensive in order to spark conversation about that uh I, i'm thinking back to when the watchmen uh, came out, uh, and the uh, lead writer was a, a Jewish man, and he didn't want to use the N word, mm -hmm. and in the in the show script, and the the African American writers like, no, you have to, like, there, there's going, you have to, and you have to have it come from a white person's mouth. It's got to be powerful, mm -hmm. you know. It's got to it's got to evoke that response. All right. Now that show is a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. FYI. Like, I mean, start to finish, if you have not watched the, the, the 2019 Watchmen HBO TV series, 
you need to watch it. It's fantastic. If you're a fan of the comic, you should watch it. If you're not a fan of the comic, you should still watch you're just it. interested, you should watch it. It's great. Yeah, and I, I get what you're saying. That that, and and, and, and I agree that provoking uh, provoking a a response uh, a negative response is is a valid form of of art creation. I agree with that. I I feel like we're so oversaturated with um, certain types of representation in video games and in TV shows and almost every trans character that you see on TV in a TV show, their storyline is specifically about their transformation or about their trauma. Mm. And those two things are not the only things that, that I, I don't want to make this, this entire podcast about trans rights, but those two things are not the only things that define a human being who is trans. Mm we should be able to move past that and tell other stories. That's actually one of the reasons why I love, there's another HBO show that I love um, called uh, Euphoria. And in Euphoria, there is a trans character and her being trans has, and her transition has nothing to do with her storyline. Her storyline has to do with her growing as a person. It's, it's so, the same reason that films like The Help are problematic, right? Because exactly. Because it's like, okay, yeah, that's great. Like, oh, it's empowering for this character. It's still a story about a black woman who was a maid. Could we get her doing something different? Yeah. Um, what, what, the hell, what the hell was the name of the movie? It had uh, Sandra Bullock and the, um, the, the, the football player. Um, oh. Uh, oh, my God. Blindside. <coughs> blindside. Okay, so the blindside. Yeah. Now, it, it, to, to, to point out, this is another great example, is because in, in the blindside, it's all about a white woman saving a black teen who is troubled. So like, it's another example of a dangerous minds, Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. Exactly. Like we can move past these and we can have better conversations as a result of moving past these basic storylines. And, and we could do, we can do better as a society. We can do better. Uh, Especially in video games. I feel like video games like are just, they have been, I mean, not to, not to dog, you know, I just, yeah, I feel like it, especially the online gaming community, lends itself to such toxicity that they're, I, I, I don't know, I, I do feel like video game writers should should feel a, you know, a moral impetus to be responsible with the message and the conversation they're starting. And to raise the bar on storytelling, yeah. because there are talented storytellers in the video game community and in the game creators uh, universe. Like, they're extremely talented uh, uh, storytellers that can do it. It's, I don't know what the issue is. And I know that there's a huge amount of toxicity in the video game culture. I don't know how to fix it. I, I you know, just people do better is really the best I can say. <laughs> <sighs> uh, well, I'm going to tr- use that to transition into a corporation that I think is trying to do something better. And it is involving games. But it is involving the tabletop variety. Uh, This story comes uh, at us, at least through me, via Ars Technica. The North American Scrabble Players Association, here to now known as the NASPA, which I'm sure everybody has heard of, uh, seems poised to remove hundreds of offensive slurs from a tournament-level Scrabble play. Yes, apparently there are tournament-level Scrabble, like, playoffs that take place oh, yeah. all over the country. Uh, the proposed move is part of an effort by the group to support Black Lives Matter and to bring justice to the world, an organization that CEO John Chu put in a recent newsletter. 
Hasbro, which publishes Scrabble, told the New York Times that the NS and an NASPA, which of course is the North American Scrabble Players Association, has ag agreed to remove all slurs from their word list of Scrabble tournament play, which is managed solely by the NSA, NASPA, <laughs> and available only to its members. The company said it will also be updating the game's rules, and so this is every single box, the rules in every single box that they put on the store. When you go to Target, when you go to Walmart, and you pick up, which don't go to this place, go to your local hobby store. Go to your local game store and pick up uh, Scrabble. Uh, and the, they're going to update the game's rules to, quote, make it clear that slurs are not permissible in any form of the game, end quote. Yet, uh, but after weeks of debates, the NASPA's 12-person advisory board hasn't yet officially voted on the proposal to ban over 200 offensive slurs and variations from tournament play. Yet that vote is going to occur, hopefully again, later this week. And what is feeling the most, like, 2020 kind of thing, there is essentially disagreement about what constitutes offensive and what can be offensive. Uh, the argument whether something is offensive, words have a place in Scrabble, is not a new one. In the mid-90s, Habro faced outside pressure when an anti-defamation league publicly took issue with a number of words that are noted as offensive in the official Scrabble Player's Dictionary which itself collected words published in other major dictionaries, including those marked as offensive in those source texts. Uh, they literally banned different, uh, like, curse words, because back in the 90s it was dropping the F-bomb. Oh, you couldn't put that on a Scrabble board. Uh, yeah, they were really uptight about It's a good 15-point word. Yeah, you, you, mm. you, you, can't, you can't do that. Uh, but, of course, there are some Scrabble players out there that are... You know, just besotted. It's like, why can't I play these horribly offensive words? It gets me points in the game. Uh, and I am going to quote somebody here from the great state of Connecticut that I am currently living in. Uh, okay, I'm going to skip down here. NS NASPA members have been discussing the pro slurs removal in a private Facebook group for weeks with fervent arguments on both sides of the issue. Those arguing for keeping the words in the game generally feel that, in the context of Scrabble, those words are merely, quote, strings of letters, end quote, and that they converted to in-game points, completely divorced by any meaning they have in the real world. Quote, the spoken word can be offensive, a Connecticut player, Benjamin Bloom, said in an interview with Slate, but a, quote, random string of tiles on a 15 by 15 Scrabble board should never offend anyone. So this is where we're at here, uh, people. Uh, there's vast agreements that there should be banning uh, of offensive uh, slur words, and the it's been brought up. The, the president of Hasbro says, we should do this, but it's the player community that is, like, trying to put a stop to it because, man, they sure want to say that N-word. I'm sure people are fucking clamoring for it. And I, I, I misspoke earlier. Uh, the word fuck is actually worth only 14 points. I did look it up. I guess it depends um, where you play it, though, right? You know, of course, yeah, yeah. If you get it on the triple word score, you're gonna get you're gonna get great, great. If you end up with the K on a, a triple letter score, <laughs> you know, with the triple word bonus, I don't think that's possible. But it would be you'd, you'd do really well. I think you'd, you'd have a, you know, at least forty some odd points in one word. Fantastic. This is the nature of language, though, is that language evolves over time. Uh -huh. And Based on the, the you know, the, the mores of the day, we're going to find certain words 
offensive or non-offensive. So, of course, a game that's all about words is going to have to evolve with the times. Otherwise, it, you know, what are, what are, what are we even doing with the English language, you know? Well, do do, do any of a, anybody want to take the devil's advocate argument uh, here? Do you try to... That we should try to keep these these insensitive words yeah. in a in a board game that is specifically designed for fun. What, take, I mean, right, right, right. I mean, is is this where the free speechers really want to like stake their flag? I this don't. This is the hill you want to die on. I, right. I don't. I don't. I, I you know, first speech amendment supporter. I don't want to die on this hill. And anyway, I mean, I'm, this is this is all very funny to me because I mean Scrabble's an older game. Like yeah, I, I, you should, I, and not to say that it's it's not relevant. Like it's evolved very well. Like I'm not surprised that this is an issue. I just it's funny to me because there's absolutely nothing stopping you from just deciding to follow whatever rules you want when you're playing it around the kitchen table at home. If you just take a slightly anarchist take and just like are we gonna use swear words or not is that allowed or not i mean when we play scrabble at my house i generally take to like be the dictator and i'm like it's allowed it's not allowed and i usually lose anyway so they let me do it i mean and these same people are also still playing words with friends and words with friends has never allowed any indecent language period it doesn't even matter if it's you know fuck shit piss they don't allow that language like even the seven dirty words you can't say on radio or television you can't use those words so i I mean yeah word games are gonna evolve fucking get over it go back to your you know bud light here's 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 what boggles my mind is that there is actually a crossover in the venn diagram there's actually an intersection of people who care about the official scrabble rules and want to continue to use offensive language i guess that's Mm -hmm. what's really right that is what is surprising (laughs) to me Yes. Like, because the people that I know, I mean, I like to play Scrabble, not on the regular, but it's the pandemic. You only have so many board games. Well, I have a lot of board games, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, you can only force your family to play a certain amount of board games and Scrabble is eventually going to come up, you know, Mm -hmm. and I will play Scrabble. I'm not the most buttoned up individual, but there's no way I'm going to be doing that around the family game board, even in a game board I'm like among friends. Like why would I you know, go out and like spell out ethnicities and stuff like that? That's just wrong. I, I'm just imagining Kevin sitting down for a game of Scrabble. He's got a smoking jacket on, a cravat, mm. and he's mm-hmm. holding up a glass of scotch. He's got he's his got a pipe. uh He's he's got, yeah, he's got a cigar hanging out of his mouth, and he goes, "No, play the word, yeah. play it." <laughs> no, uh, Marjorie's Just right. Like it'd be a it'd be a pipe, but it'd be a bubble pipe. Mm-hmm. Ah, 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 ah. Uh, I can so see it. So, speaking of First Amendment rights, this is going to be a stretch for a, a connection. Uh, Marjorie, you had something to say about TikTok. TikTok. Okay, so I'm going to confess something right now. I have never personally used TikTok because I'm a 35-year-old woman. Okay, Fantastic. all right. I'm not I'm not I'm not a, I'm not afraid to admit that. Um I'm not like or at least I wasn't until fairly recently anti-TikTok. I just I you know, I understand that this is the domain of the Zoomers and I'm comfortable with that, especially with an 8-year-old and 12-year-old daughter. Um <clears throat> two daughters, not like one that's two different ages to be clear. 
So uh, TikTok. No, there's it, the one and the the half child. <laughs> <laughs> one, I have one and a half daughters. Yeah. Um, uh, so according to The Verge, uh, what this was a couple weeks ago now. Uh, uh, let's see, Reddit CEO and co-founder. Uh, oh, actually, this was a hot minute ago, but this has recently resurfaced. Uh, increased concerns about TikTok's quote fundamentally parasitic. Uh, Nature Reddit CEO and co-founder Steve Huffman uh, says, maybe I'm going to regret this, but I can't even get to that level of thinking with TikTok because I look at the app as so fundamentally parasitic that it's always listening. The fingerprinting technology they use is truly terrifying, and I could not bring myself to install an app like that on my phone. Um, The fingerprinting Huffman is referring to is a combination of audio and browser tracking to determine which users are watching and sharing a video on both the app and the web. Um, Reddit users who have researched this a little bit deeper have also reported that uh, the app goes as far as to uh, log on to and and trace uh, activity on your API, um, which as a mother of uh, daughters who occasionally use TikTok in my household does not make me happy because I don't like the idea that uh, TikTok can then access my my uh, my uh, yeah my my API through my house's Wi-Fi. Um, so this is this is very interesting, um, it, it, and ties into a, a, another formerly unrelated, now related issue. Um, TikTok is owned by China. Um, interestingly, and uh, you know, if you don't know how business works in China, Chinese government has a very interesting relationships with its business. Uh, you, there are like business enterprises that are not the government, but the government has a piece of every business. So, um, if it's owned by a Chinese business, then that means that the Chinese government, at least in part, has has some ownership in some But say, Chairman yeah. Winnie the Pooh wouldn't do anything wrong. Pooh World Order. Pooh World Order. <laughs> So that's a reference to Xi Jinping. John uh, Oliver. Yeah, yes. yeah, John Oliver. Uh, because uh, people love to point out that Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh. Winnie, which, which Xi Jinping hates because he an egomaniac. Also, it should be noted, he does look, he like, does Winnie. look he does. like Winnie the Pooh. He does. But that's right. beside the point. I don't right. know if you saw this, uh, Madge, but just... As recently as this week, as of us recording this, the United States government has said that they are actually actively looking into banning TikTok on all devices in the United States, specifically because of those um, those security concerns. And it was specifically uh, Secretary of State and professional shitbag Mike Pompeo who said these things. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting because it's intersecting with the whole, like, anti-China, like, ah, oh, no, yeah. China narrative right now, which, I, I you know, I, I feel conflicted about. I don't, um, my personal experiences with the Chinese government and security and all of that uh, and knowledge make me nervous, but I'm also not ready to jump on the, the ah, you know, no, China yeah. bandwagon. But anyway, yeah, no, it is, it's it's very interesting. I think for us as, you know, let's just, let's just be honest, our demo is either parents of teens or parents of soon to be teens. Um, and it's, it, I'm going to have to have a very interesting, very honest conversation with my kids this weekend about it. You know, I mean, we always talk about security and things like that, but now this is going to be another level to be like, okay, I'm not being paranoid mom being like, are you talking to older men? Like, I legit don't want you downloading that malware on my API. Um, right. You know, so, uh, so so there's that. And and our so the U.S. government is looking at banning TikTok. TikTok is getting all excited. What our U.S. government is also getting all excited about, specifically our orange man in chief. Um, 
is the K-pop fans who have become recently self-named as the K-pop stands. They're heroes. Um, let's let's call them what they are. They're heroes. They are heroes of the revolution, baby. True heroes. So, um, if you if you haven't been following Twitter obsessively through the protests, like some people. Um, <clears throat> to self-soothe, uh, self-soothing by going through the trends. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all know what K-pop is, right? You know, Korean pop music. Uh, uh, I, I just kind of ignored it, but I know that it's a thing. Um, and it's, there's lots of videos and lots of dancing and, uh, you know, who doesn't love some Psy? I love me some Psy. That, that, does that count as K-pop? No? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> How dare you? So, um... <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you again, sir? I know. Light my cigarette. Mm-hmm. So K-pop stands, uh, turns out, are not entirely in Korea. Turns out, like, Korea has been so good at making pop music that the rest of the world has really kind of fallen in love with it. Specifically, our teens and tweens, our Zoomers, our lovable, adorable Zoomers, which is one of the reasons why they also love TikTok, because it provides a ready outlet for them to do fun K-pop dances that they learn from their K-pop stars, right? Uh, so there's a lot of videos and, and things like that that go along with that. Well, ever since the, uh, the George Floyd protest started happening the k-pop army on the interwebs has been locking down any and all racist behavior so as soon as a racist um hashtag would begin to trend which started with um the uh blue lives matter they have spammed it mercilessly with as they call them fan cams which are just their favorite videos of their k-pop stars dancing so as soon as blue lives matter starts trending people go to it to be like yeah i'm I'm gonna lick some boots sorry i'm I hope that doesn't offend you. Um, <laughs> and they look at the stream and it's nothing but like K-pop dances. So that happened with uh, Blue Lives Matter. And then they tried to switch to All Lives Matter and immediately got shut down. And then weird things started happening. They People were like, okay, All Life Matter. Like they were like, okay, we'll get rid of lives. We'll change it to life. K-pop stands, shut that shit down. Like they tried six different times to use variants of different hashtags to subvert them. They shut them down every single time culminating in most recently the the Trump Tulsa rally um, which of course was uh, scheduled in Tulsa uh, in very poor taste on June 19th which of course is a very um, timely place uh, very specifically chosen time and place Um, there was a there was a a horrible massacre in Tulsa Um, again go watch Watchmen go watch Watchmen yeah. Oh, and if I might interject, fuck Donald Trump. But okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In, and, in which base? And also, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Tulsa, and I'm gonna massacre this. Um, please feel free to jump in, boys, and correct me if I'm if I miss some points here. Uh, the very short, very butchered version is that a uh, angry mob of white people who were angry because there was a wealthy black community went and burned down the black community. Um, when women, children died, millions of dollars of assets were lost. It's a, black Wall the, Street. Yeah. Hor- some... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and white people burned it down because they were angry um, that black people had wealth and uh, just a horrible and often uh, untold chapter in American history. So this happened in Tulsa. June, Juneteenth um, is a, you know, holiday um, celebrating the emancipation of um, black people from slavery. So this is uh, 
chosen as a dog whistle, you might say. Um, K-pop stands <clears throat> registered for this rally in mass. Now, to be clear, this did not, they did not purchase tickets. They did not, res they did not reserve. They simply noted that they were going to be in attendance to give uh, event organizers an idea of how many people would be in attendance. Um, <clears throat> as a result, they anticipated over 100,000 um, people. They anticipated this massive, massive crowd, and they ended up <laughs> having a little over 2,000 people, and over half of those people were actually either paid supporters or Trump staff. Um, and this is a huge embarrassment, which Trump immediately turned around and blamed on Korea and foreign influencers. But here's the funny kicker, folks. Those K-pop fans, the K-pop stands, are our teenagers those are our american those are your grandkids you fucking idiot mm -hmm. i have a grandkid <laughs> they're mm. well you know trump's yes and they're listening to bts right now shit trump's kids like pro I, I wouldn't be surprised if baron trump was one of the, is like a k-pop stand who did that shit right nah, like man tiffany tiffany is all about that black pink i just know it my god I don't. This is a really rough transition. We've for been me. we've been very very political today. This is going to be a. It's fine. I, I but I am going. I to... I can make a sexual joke if you want a better transition. Yes, <laughs> make a sexual joke. Oh, it's going to be about your beard, and you're not going to like it. <laughs> can we talk about Greg's lotion in his in his bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we were talking about how Greg really needs to switch to like a plant-based lotion, you know, I don't know if you want to tell people about that rash that you've been struggling with. I'm sorry, I'll keep it to myself. So we had, we, okay, we're, I'll back, I'll back <laughs> this up. So before we started recording, uh, we were having conversations about how our lives have been going in quarantine. And Greg and whipped I it made, out, and yeah, it was I had raw. made mention. You know, it often happens, you know. You know, there was this growth and I, you know, I have to go to the doctor, but then I'd get COVID and then I, you know, but so the point was that I've been washing my hands like a, like a motherfucker right now because I do not want to get COVID. I'm like legitimately terrified of coming down with the Rona. Uh, and because I've been washing my hands so much, my hands are chapped to hell. Like we're talking, these things are so goddamn pruny all the time. So I've got a big ass bottle of lotion currently in my bathroom it's just sitting there you guys can almost see it from here it's 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 like right there mm -hmm, that's uh, i know what this you is a visual before. medium i know it's it, this is a visual <sighs> medium but uh so anyway i've got this big bottle of lotion and the joke was that anybody who goes into my bathroom is going to see this big bottle of lotion and going to be like hmm what's he doing in there explaining the jokes always makes it funnier <laughs> uh, it's true <laughs> So I am going to do the hard transition into the next story. Uh, since we are bereft of sports uh, during the lockdown, uh, what gaming has become the, uh, well, it, it, I wouldn't say become, because it, it already transcended, uh, you know, live video gaming uh, has been bigger than the NFL for the past two years. Uh, and now this is what we're all kind of just like tuning in on, you know, even wonderful little, uh, Twitch streamers like, uh, Cafe 3G have been garnering a lot of, of word of mouth. Uh, I thought for a second you were going to start talking about how Microsoft shut down Mixer and now all of the Mixer, 
uh, streamers have moved over to YouTube, oh, which is God. hilarious. We could, we could, well, I mean, Blevins, uh, like his last show, his newest show got like over 100,000 viewers on YouTube, which hadn't oh, yes. happened on Mixer. But I digress. You're distracting me from my own story. Stop it. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Naughty. <laughs> Uh, coming soon to TBS, a reality TV show where the best sim players in the world. Wait, there's best sim Sims players? Anyway, the best Sims players damn in good the world. In the 90s. <laughs> best Sims players in the world compete to show off their creations. Today, and I, by today I mean uh, July 8th. Uh, today, EA announced a new series called The Sims Sparked. That's S P A R K apostrophe D, because why do you need an E D? Which follows a fairly traditional reality format. Contestants are given a particular goal, and a panel of three experts will judge these creations, and with $100,000 of prize money on the line. The difference is, instead of designing a dress or baking an outlandish cake, they'll be telling stories inside of Sims 4. The four-episode series will kick off on July 17th. Episodes will air on TBS on Fridays and Saturdays, with an online version be available to watch on BuzzFeed's multiplayer YouTube channel uh, on the following Monday. There will be 12 contestants. EA says there will be familiar online personalities, end quote. Uh, none of these people I know. Uh, as well as a panel of celebrity judges, these that I don't know as well. Uh, those include uh, Taylor Parks. Uh, she's a, a singer, I guess. Is there uh, LD YouTube? Shadow Lady anyway? Do you see LD, Sh LD <clears throat> Shadow Lady anywhere? I do not, no. Okay. Uh, YouTube personality, personality Kelsey uh, Impache, or Impache? Uh, I, I did, like, before I did this story, and we prepared tonight, I did look up to how to pronounce her name, and I still got it wrong. And game developer uh, Dave Miyake, uh, who worked on The Sims franchise for more than a decade... Uh, former American Idol contestant uh, Rayvon Owen will serve as host. Again, I, I don't watch American Idol. Uh, there will be some tie-ins with the game itself starting July 17th. The Sims 4 will feature a series of in-game challenges tied directly to the show. The idea will give those uh, who are just learning about the game uh, a prompt to jump in and build something in the same way that watching someone on Cupcake Wars might inspire somebody to build a cake. But here's the kicker. These challenges will also be used to find new contestants in the second season. The 12 contestants were chosen in part because they had an existing presence online, which would give these followers someone to root for in the beginning. Again, I don't know any of these people. Uh, but an important aspect was finding players who play uh, the game in different ways. Those who are good at building, those who are good at creating characters, or those who are good at telling stories in order to show the breadth of what's possible in The Sims. And this is this is where all that marketing comes in for EA. On a, on a side note for me, watching people make virtual houses doesn't necessarily sound like the most compelling television. But according to the producers, they have found a way to showcase a creative side of the game in ways that are interesting to the average viewer. I mean, let's be honest. If shows about glass blowing and gardening can become popular, why not watching The Sims? It's what our kids are already watching on YouTube. <laughs> I do have to say, this definitely sounds like a very interesting simulacrum 
of a reality TV show? Oh. Ow. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That pun was amazing. <laughs> so here's, here's my question. Uh, for those of you that are cable television subscribers, uh, which I still am for reasons unknown to me at times, um, will you be tuning into TBS <coughs> to watch a four-episode series of The Sims that seems to have got to have just exploded all over the internet today on every single like gaming or tech website? Is like, hey, this thing is happening. And I was just like, really? People are that interested in a four-episode series of 12 people making virtual characters and decorating their homes? Uh, I will say that The Sims is immensely popular, and across all age demographics. Like, there are people that are, you know, 16 years old that are playing The Sims. There are people that are 40 years old that are playing The Sims. There's people that are in their 60s. I know a guy that's in his 60s, and he loves The Sims. Really? Yeah. Mm. So, I feel like this this game is so multi-generational and so... Uh, multi-marketable that it kind of makes sense. It does kind of... I personally have no interest, and I would not watch it. But, to be fair, to borrow a quote from Letterkenny, uh, there are people who currently watch Animal Crossing on, uh, on Twitch, and they watch it all day. There are people who watch people play The Sims all day on Twitch. So, like, I, it's not... Them creating a game show out of it or a reality TV show out of it, it kind of makes sense. My kids have, will watch that shit. I have yeah. nothing against really this. Honestly, <clears throat> Rooster Teeth uh, did a show years ago called Strangerhood, and I thought it was brilliant, and it was based off of, like, I think The Sims 2 engine. So machinima... Machinima is a... Is, is a is a word described back in like the late 90s and early 2000s to describe using build engines to these gaming machines to create uh, you know essentially movie like content or television like content and so they use it's also the name of a now defunct YouTube channel that had amazing content it did have amazing content uh, I'm sorry mind of what was it uh, mind of Freeman or Gordon's mind Gordon, was amazing Gordon's mind was fantastic yeah. uh, anyway yeah, but anyway, uh, Strangerhood was a great series uh, that they did. Uh, only had one season, and I think they killed everybody in the pool at the end because they took out the ladder. Uh, but the, the the concept of creating a Sims reality TV show has merit. The problem is, when for me, when you make it a Project Runway kind of style where we have these challenges, these timed challenges... Of, like, you got two hours to do this one thing, and we chop up that time to see how the people do it in those two hours. Like, that's not good content. Like, it takes time to create good things. And, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, but take a look at the way that selective editing is extremely popular already in reality television. Sure. Like they, they'll record 16 to 24 hours of True. a single day and edit it down to a one-hour episode of just highlights yeah. where they can edit things to be whatever they want it to, to, to show whatever they want it to show. Are you... So, I mean, 
you get a talented enough editor, I mean, they're going to be able to take all of this content and smash it into something. Are you telling me electronic arts might lie to us? <laughs> I mean, speaking of which, there's there's no there's no history of that ever happening. So so here's here's what I the question that I would pose somewhat rhetorical. Doesn't it seem like, and yeah, maybe, okay, I've, I've been, uh, <clears throat> I've been uh, YouTubing and listening to too much uh, philosophy lately, but uh, doesn't it seem like we were all excited about the democratization of the potential monetization of creating your own things with YouTube content and, you know, Minecraft and creating apps and skins and, you know, you know this type of environment, you know, uh, uh, seems like it could be a good opportunity for people to create wealth for themselves, right? But then... Things like this go and happen, and it turns into more of a, um, like, Hunger Games type arrangement. So I guess my question is, do you think, do you see moves like this as potentially a way to create a culture that instead of democratizing creation and, like, the, cre the creation of ideas, stories, art, but also, like, potential opportunities for wealth, do you think that it's a way of changing the culture away from from that to kind of like a like a, an elite competition in which the contestants are pitted against one another one another, but the wealth that they're generating as marketing machines for the brand that they're working for is all being absorbed by uh, by the brand above them. The very I mean, take a look at the real world American Idol. I mean, there are so many examples of of this happening already. I, I don't see why why that wouldn't happen. It just makes too much sense for the bottom line of these companies that are making it. I take a look. Okay, so so a great example is uh, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh yeah, fucking love that show. It's amazing. Uh, something to keep in mind. I, I I so I interviewed one of the uh, one of the people who actually won. Uh, Evie Oddly, shameless self promotion. So uh, <clears throat> something You're that, a big that deal, uh, something that Evie told me was that. Um, he was a little concerned about, uh, a little concerned about winning, even though, you know, he did end up going, go on and winning the season that I watched. Um, because after, after he wins his, he was, uh, expected to then go on tour. He had a, a contract obligation to go on tour and use the personalities that he had created in the show on tour yeah. for the next five years. Yeah. <gasps> oh, man. So, that's now, indentured and, and, and servitude, that's, man. But this is the thing, is that that's actually a lot better than a lot of the other reality TV show contestants get. Yeah. Like, take a look at American Idol, the way that they lock you into a multi-album deal. How long did it take Kelly Clarkson to get out of that deal yeah. to the point where she's actually successful now? Yeah. Outside of American Idol. Mm -hmm. I've never so, watched an episode of American Idol. I, Aren't you just the most precious, precious boy? I used yes. to have to because <laughs> the, it's true. the woman that I worked for when I was a nanny was obsessed with it. And, and she would always TiVo it. And it wasn't enough. Like, and I always try to run out of the room. And she'd be like, no, you have to watch this one. It's amazing. Dude, I watched the hell out of the first season. Are you kidding me? The first season, it, 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 it had some, it had some good story arcs. I can't believe it's still going. I just like Justin Guarini and 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 fucking Kelly Clarkson. Like that showdown at the very, very end of the show was amazing. I do not watch <laughs> reality TV, other than Project Runway, which is now defunct. Oh, which is great. Which is now defunct. It, which was great. Uh, what? But it started because 
the I think the deal that was struck between me and my wife is like I can introduce you to anime if I watch Project Runway. And so <laughs> Uh, like, however many seasons it was, and it didn't matter, like, whether it was the All-Stars or something. I, wa- I have watched every single episode. <laughs> and I got invested. And Tim Gunn for president, by the way. Tim Gunn for president. <laughs> uh, and that is the only reality TV show I have ever in my entire life been invested in. And it's gone. So... Uh, so, speaking of in- emotional investments, uh, Greg, you recently started playing the first game uh, in a series that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, please please wax intellectual about Ori. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, oh, which we, I also played. We, we could. We could, but we're running up on... Uh, uh, on time, yeah. I got you. So, uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, I'm not done with the game. I'm actually very close to the end right now. I'm in the process of going through and uh, finding... Uh, I, oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the mountain, but it's it's the place where all the lava is. Yeah. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right mm-hmm. now. So, this game, I'm not going to tell too much of the story, is is following... I think you can, uh, I think you can tell. I mean, it's, a, it, it's five years old. It's, it's like five... Yeah, okay, so... You play as uh, basically a shard of light from the Tree of Life uh, that has has fallen from the sky, made friends. Those friends died. Uh, I'm then, so you playing know. this game this winter. Wait, okay. First off, you got so, you got a, the first five minutes of the game you, are really really heartbreaking. Yeah, it's like you 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 become extremely invested in in the the, the main character Ori and also uh, her relationship with another character in, in the game. You start like Neru. seeing them. Neru. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally missed the, their name. But anyway, so the mom. Uh, Ori, the mom. Ori and Neru. Yeah, Ori and Neru, like, they, they nurture each other. They play with each other. They, they like, build things together. And then Neru dies. She in starves to death. She starves to death. It's so, it's so depressing. Um, and then Ori basically goes, well, I can't stay here. I have to move on. And in moving on, discovers a way in which the entire forest can be rebuilt and reborn and, and become lush with life. Um, so Ori uh, goes through an extremely Metroidvania journey to, um, to bring back the, the spirit of the forest, and it's, it's gorgeous. The game is, is just incredibly beautiful. And it, Bright it is, colors. It, it, it's Japanese. It's couched in Shintoism. So if you yeah. if you uh, if you have a knowledge of Amaterasu and 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 everything that is involved in animal spirits, uh, you will be wonderfully rewarded uh, through this aspect of the game. So I, I love the game. I think it is um, it is a solid solid Metroidvania style uh, platformer. The biggest issue I have with it is one, it is specific. It is very very very. Um, specific and how it wants you to do the platforming. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to make sure that you do the platforming y- y- like very precise. It's battle esque Ori does not handle that way. When you jump, she's very floaty. So you have to kind of adjust as you're jumping to, oh crap, I'm going to be, I can't tell you the number of times I'd be running up the side of a plank, get to the top, and then as soon and just press up once 
and she goes boing around it and falls to the other side just because of how floaty the controls are. Hmm. The other thing that I really do not like about this game is that you have to pay energy in the game to save your game. I do not like this at all. I think Ooh. it's a shit mechanic. Okay. It drives me... Now, granted, you can save wherever the hell you want, but the trade-off is you have to pay energy to save. Ooh. Now, that puts you into situations where, because you have to use this energy throughout the game, you have to use it to do specific things and specific tasks. In the beginning of the game, you're not saving very often because you just don't have the you energy have the to energy. do it. Uh, which may, so which also makes it very battle. hard. It makes it very, yeah, yeah. very hard. So this game is not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, I've I'm almost I've almost 100% of the game, and I've only been playing it for like maybe three days. Really? Um, that k- kudos yeah, to yeah. you. You're, so you're playing on the Switch? It's, I'm playing on Switch, okay. yeah. And I have not been streaming it um, because I'm a little iffy on streaming Metroidvanias, specifically because I'm not great at them. Um, Hollow Knight, for example. Okay, I don't know if you've ever played Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight is probably the purest example of a perfect Metroidvania. Uh, it's also excruciatingly difficult. Like, extremely hard. Meat Boy. Compared to that? Have you played Meat Boy? Boy? Okay, but Meat Boy is a platformer. It's not a Metroidvania. Okay, okay, fair, fair. Versus versus uh, Hollow Knight, which is specifically because because the the entire conceit behind a Metroidvania, I can't believe I'm explaining this on a nerd podcast, is uh, that uh. you go to a new area, you go to a new area in the game, you traverse a giant world map, and as you go to a new area, you learn a new skill that allows you to backtrack and go to another area and access go back uh, further areas and and unlock uh, collectibles and hidden items throughout the map. Mm. So, and, and that's you know it's 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 a solid one. It's it's really. It's really decent, and I love Metroidvanias, so I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it very much. Um, I'm ready for it to be over after having played it for three hours, or, no, excuse me, three days, and, and I'm now, I think, uh, 10, 11 hours into it. So a, a lot of uh, the issues that you have with it will be addressed <laughs> in the sequel. Mm. So in Will of the Wisp, oh. it will, uh, like... Uh, a lot of those platforming, uh, the the floatiness of the controls and stuff will be addressed. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of the spending energy, the wells where you can save, are a bit more prevalent now. Okay, good. Uh, and there is now a more building aspect to the world where you collect the things that you collect don't just go for yourself but you could use it to better the world around you. So there are all these NPCs that are in the world, so you're going to help build villages. You're going to help plant seeds in order to grow trees or grow very specific things in order to make the world better. And as you make the world better, more opportunities open up. And so uh, so in the Will of the Wisp, And suddenly it sounds like Kevin is teaching us a good philosophy for how to live a good life. Uh, will uh, I, I will say this. And how to build a great game. And, and it is, because let's be honest, Moon Studios started with one man. So Ori started with one man, all right? And it has blossomed and grown. And this the new game that came out this past year uh, is just, it's gorgeous. Will of the Wisp has taken me two months. Now, granted, I don't, I have a child, you know, like I, I, like, I don't play often as much as I'd like, but sure my, excuses. 
my my son has a stuffed animal of Ori in a blanket with him and Koo. I, I don't know if you know who Koo is. So uh, I'm assuming. Okay, so um, I I will confess that I've seen the first hour of Will of the Wisp, and it's specifically because uh, 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 Rachel's roommates were playing it, which is the whole reason why I decided I wanted to play the first game. Mm. So I bought the first game, and now that I've yeah, I'm almost done with that. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll get the second game because the second game actually looks a lot it's, more like Hollow Knight, it, which I love. So, so. good, it Kevin. Is... Would you say that you? really would have to play the first game first before playing no. the second one or would no. you say they're independent you can you can jump into the second like the first game is good to know like the origins of ori and all that like the storytelling you can jump into the second one uh like i i guess you don't know who Nehru or uh gumo is like first off gumo's fantastic like yeah gumo's great yeah, like uh like he, he becomes essentially uh ori's father uh, you know, by the by the end of the first game and in, into the second game, and it's uh, it is adorable that in, in I'm, I don't want to ruin too much, but Ku essentially becomes Ori's brother, uh, and it is the child of the fallen enemy. And I know that much. Yeah, and if you expect. It, it plays on those emotions to such a degree that you know what is coming, and it's still devastating. It still hurts. And I am at the end right now, like today, playing with my son, and it seemed like you're going to give... You, you cannot do the the thing that you wanted to do. The right thing, the wholesome thing, the thing that will result. You are put in a point that you can't do that. And it's going to destroy my seven-year-old son if we can't do that. <laughs> oh, no. I'm... I No, I'm amazed by the visual storytelling in the game. I think it's it's wonderful. Like, extremely beautifully told. And, like, the just from the eyes and the impressions and the sounds, like, uh, Gareth Corker's, like, uh, soundtrack is just, just so evocative and emotive and, like, brings you into kind of the, the uh, I don't know, the, the Shinto spirit of everything. It, it, it is lovely, it is gorgeous, and I can't say enough good things about Ori, Bad, bad platforming problems aside. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Uh, you know, the, the the other big thing that drove me nuts was the um, the insta death sections are awful, uh, and it's specifically because like you are tasked with going from one side of the map to the other, and it's a really really long trek, and along the way there are several things that will kill you in one hit. And instead of auto-saving, because again, you have to pay to save, you have to go all the way back to the beginning and play it all the way again as you're going through. It's... Uh, I will say that. Not a fan. I will say that. That doesn't change. Okay. It's, I had a feeling. There, there are those... There are the segments of that game that it, you're going to have sweaty palms for five minutes. And <coughs> there might be multiple paths that you can go 
depending on mm -hmm. the abilities that you unlocked at such and such a time. So let's say you got a extra jump or you can throw something up that you can like vault off of, you know, mm -hmm. but you, so you can do a shortcut. So it, it, it rewards the players that spend extra time, like getting extra stuff along the way, not just like plowing through the storyline. Uh, and so it'll make those sections easier, but there are still going to be those sections where you're just going to be at like the TV screen and you're just, your, your hands are going to be shaking and you're just going to be like, I can't do this. And you throw down the controller and you come back and you refresh yourself and you're going to focus yourself and you're going to look at it. And it's like, I'm going to complete this. And once you do, you look at it and you throw your hands up in celebration and you look at your seven-year-old son and it's like, I did it! And he says, way to go, Dad! And you feel like your life is complete. Well, I'll tell you what. You've convinced me I will be purchasing the second game. Um, <laughs> it's a beautiful hero's journey. What, I'll tell you what I will do is, uh, just because you convinced me to do it, I will play the original game on my Twitch, or not the original game, the sequel on my Twitch stream uh, as soon as I finish this one and probably starting uh, next week. Now, as you're listening to this, I'll probably already be right in the middle of my playthrough, but that's fine. You should definitely check it out. Is the second game on Switch? Ooh, is it? I don't think, oh my God, I don't think it is. It has to be. I see. Is it? Is it? Is it Microsoft only right now? I don't know. Huh. So yeah, huh. I, I am playing I am playing uh Will of the Wisp on Xbox One X. Uh and so uh I I assumed it dropped on, on Nintendo uh as well. But uh Nintendo and Microsoft actually have this weird relationship where uh a lot of Microsoft's games really have been dropping on Nintendo. Uh, which haven't been dropping on Sony systems uh, for some unknown reason. Yeah, that's really weird. Hmm. 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 Well, anyway, uh, if you're interested in watching me play that game, if I can find it and if I could download it and if I could play it on my Nintendo Switch, uh, you can follow me at twitch.tv slash cafe3g and you can watch me play that game and many, many others. Right now, I'm... Uh, as as of us recording this, uh, I am playing uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. I'm going to be working my way up through the Isle of Armor, so uh, the Isle of Armor DLC. Uh, so uh, <laughs> do you have your uh, not Ursafu, uh Your did, did you did you get your little? I have not started the Isle of Armor okay. DLC. As of as of us recording this, I've not started it yet. So, so I'm I'm gonna get to that. Yeah, it, I'm building up my team so that I can do that. What what you need to focus on right now is: Do you want to go dark or do you want to go water? Ah, okay. Sorry, my my son is like, uh, yeah. You should play. You should raid with my son. Anyway, ah. uh, Kevin so... really wants to coach you through this. Sorry. <laughs> no, Finwood. Uh, Marjorie, we, 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 t well, first Greg, we talked about your, uh, your, your Twitch stream. Marjorie, what do you got to plug? I am going to plug, <clears throat> don't download TikTok. <clears throat> if you haven't already downloaded, undownload it or uninstall it or whatever the cool kids are calling it these days. Remove it. Get rid of it. Don't let your kids have it. Uh, cause that's some nasty malware. Also create art. 
anywhere that inspires you. Anything, even if you think it's rubbish, it doesn't matter. Art is not a place for value judgments, and all of us are artists, and the more you create art, the less dependent we have to be on our corporate overlords for art and inspiration. Yay! Yay! Uh, and I will promote uh, the NAACP Legal Fund, because apparently I did it last time, and I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, there are people still out there getting arrested uh, at protest. Uh, they need legal representation. Uh, and if you have a protest in your vicinity, why not just pop on by? Uh, I know life gets in the way sometimes, like have a dog getting a broken leg. Uh, but that, you know, uh, okay, I'll give you a pass for that because I'm giving myself for a pass for, for that. Go out, show your support, and let's make the world a better place. And I'm going to dovetail on that by also saying that you should definitely look out uh, look out for the National Lawyers Guild, and if you have the money to spend, definitely do so uh, on donating to them. NLG.org, they have been doing some fantastic work uh, in terms of helping protesters uh, get out of jail uh, all over the country. Also, so definitely look them up. dovetailing on that, all excellent ideas. Uh, support your local and favorite black activists who are within your circle. Um, I have several in mind. Um, one who happened to actually just move from Grand Rapids uh, out east is Brianna Urbana Morello, um, who writes and does lots of different things. Uh, find someone who you can actually give cash to who's doing really good work, because that's really meaningful. That's going to do it for this week on The Court of Nerds. You can go to thecourtofnerds.com for all of your Court of Nerdsing nerdsery. This podcast made possible by our good friends at Tardy's Collector's Corner. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure you're checking for all the latest and greatest at Tardy's.